Smooth season has arrived. Summer's the time to show off your best skin and best self. Visit European Wax Center to find your new state of smooth. Your first wax is free. Select services only. Exclusions apply. Visit waxcenter.com for details. Welcome back to another episode of Exo Nicole's She Comes First podcast, brought to you by European Wax Center. I'm your host and the editor-in-chief of Exo Nicole, Brooke Obi. And today we have a very, very, very special guest in the building, our very first digital cover star, Emmy Award nominee, Issa Rae. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you for so much coming. for having me and for having me as your first digital cover. Absolutely. It's our honor. I am so, so thrilled. Um, and I, I can't wait to see uh, what everybody's going to say about it. I want to play a really quick game with you real quick. Oh, yes. I love a game. Yes. So we're going to play X or O. So I'm okay. going to give you these two. I'm going to ask you a few questions and you hold the paddle up that you uh, that corresponds with your answer x okay, or L. okay okay so who was the better boyfriend <laughs> x lawrence season one of insecure or O cliff <laughs> rap change season one <laughs> that's easy i think x lawrence yeah. he made yes he made efforts um so i'm gonna stand by lauren season one okay i'm gonna let you have it he forgot Issa's birthday but i'm gonna let i'll let you have it he yeah made no efforts <laughs> for Issa's birthday but you know but but episode three he was like trying he was he in came it back yeah he came back okay number two what's your favorite go-to hairstyle x are you an afro puff girl or O? do you like a twist out i love afro puff yeah. x yeah, all day. It's just easy go. Yeah. Sometimes it can be. T it's just versatile to me. Yeah, it represents me. I love that. Okay, and the last one, you can green light either one of these shows mm. on HBO Max. X due north. <laughs> o, looking for Latoya. Oh, looking for Latoya, hands down. Yes. Uh, due north is not a show that I want to see. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I think the worst concept on earth, but hilarious. But looking for Latoya can serve a specific cause. You know, we're finding yeah. missing black girls. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm choosing that all day. Do North had some comedy though. It did have. I hate slavery. I, hate I think slavery. was brilliant. <laughs> Shout out to Prentice for that line because he's actually foolish. I can't believe that that picked up. <laughs> so I would love to talk to you about your hair journey. So you've talked about this in your memoir, mm -hmm. um, and we've seen so much of your different hairstyles on Insecure, but even going all the way back to Misadventures of an Awkward Black, Word, yeah. Black Girl, season one, episode one, you're shaving your head, yep. and Jay, your character's boyfriend, D, dumps her because she's shaved her head and no longer has the hair that he desires. Yeah. So that never happened to you. You no, I wasn't dumped. I was <laughs> yes. definitely supported, but there were questions. Yeah. And initially there wasn't support for my decision. It was yeah. after I'd made the decision where I was like, oh, okay, you look good. But the conversation leading up to it was like, why would you do this? Why yeah. would you do this to me? <laughs> like, yeah. and it's like, it's my hair. Just, uh, you know, and it's, it's a journey. So what is your relationship to your hair now? How has it evolved over the years? I have a tumultuous relationship with my hair. I mean, I, I love my hair at the end of the day, um, and I love how versatile it is, mm -hmm. but 
for me, it's just, you know, it's just an ongoing process to, I, I just like ease and comfort. And there's times where it doesn't feel easy and comfort, but I just love all that it can do. So it's a, it's a genuine relationship. We have ups and downs. What do you love most about your hair? Um, I'm, I, re- I actually really love my curl pattern. Like, I just, I love how soft it is, and I love the texture. Like, I love everything about, I do love everything about my hair. So Insecure was a cultural reset for many, many reasons, but I think one of the most impactful um, was showing the versatility of not only natural hair, but short natural hair. Yeah. You were doing, in season one especially, you were doing so many different things. So were you and your stylist, um, Felicia Leatherwood, were you having conversations? Like, was your intention to change the game and to allow people to see what, how beautiful short natural hair can be? I know in, in making the show, like that was for sure something. I mean, I was like, I'm gonna wear my natural hair. And then Felicia took it to the next level. Like for me, it was more like, just do you, cause that's what she always does. It's just like, she just treats it like a blank canvas and is like, and then you have a hairstyle. And you know, <laughs> people make jokes and it cracks me up. Cause they were like, Issa had like three inches of hair and she had like, 57 hairstyles in season one. Uh, I do feel like in season one, we went we went hard. Like Felicia was, sometimes it'd be like four hairstyles an episode in one two day span. But it was just so fun to be able to have, to be able to do that. Like I hadn't seen that length of hair, that texture be featured on television uh, from a lead before. And so I do feel like, you know, we were able to change the game and I feel um, you know, honored that she was able to be a part of it and, and showcase what she does amazingly. So when you're saying you came in knowing that you wanted to rock your natural hair, yeah, um, you had talked in your memoir about um, the challenges and criticism that you had faced like in school, but Hollywood is a whole other level. So just that, talk about how you came to that decision that you were going to do this um, no matter what. And... By that time, I was like, y'all are letting me be in my show. Mm -hmm. So I wish somebody would tell me that I couldn't wear my hair a certain way. So by that time, I was like confident in the fact that like it's my hair. It's my show. There's nobody that can tell me anything. And it really was like I want to see and be what I wanted to. I wanted to be what I wanted to see on TV. You know, what younger me wanted to see, what, what I needed to see. Um, so yeah, there wasn't really a question for me about like wearing my hair in that way. So what I love about, um, the different business ventures that you've been able to cultivate, it seems like you have this 360 approach. So you're going to go and you're going to change and shift the culture so that everybody is proud to rock their natural hair. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to, you know, co-own Sienna Naturals with your sister-in-law, Hannah Jope, and, you know, provide products so that now that people are ready to rock their natural hair, they also have the hair care yeah. um, behind that. So talk about the intentionality um, of your different business ventures um, and also why you're you know, so prone to involve your family and your community in these ventures. Well, thank you for that. I mean, that really comes natural to me. The intentionality is something that I place at the forefront. I don't want to get involved if, it's, if it doesn't mean anything to me. And with Sienna Naturals, like I watched her build that from the ground up. I was using the products. Um, it, it's all about like 
for me, the hair health is something that I've neglected over the years. And that's what came with shaving my head. I was like, I'm not really taking care of my hair. I have all these different hair textures. I have heat damage, all these things. Let me just start over. And during that process, or a couple years after that process, I was able to like start to try her products and um, to see that that was a focus and that was a focus for her on textured hair mattered a lot to me because you, you see a lot of products that might start with trying to uh, please all hair types and really get into the white game, to be honest. Um, and for her, it was just always like she had the intentionality of, no, this is this is this is the type of hair I want to focus on, and this is the type of hair I want to prioritize. Um, and so, yeah, with the other businesses, like w with the coffee shop, like that comes from a place near and dear to me, Hilltop. And it, like I say no to a lot of things. It may not seem like it, but like for me, it is about like just tailoring what I want to experience and hoping that other people enjoy it too and, and see the benefit. So one of your other ventures is radio, your music label. Yes. So we are in a time where, you know, women are starting to speak out about the bad contracts that they have yeah. had in this industry and the fact that radio allows yeah. artists to maintain their masters. Mm -hmm. um, there, again, it's another level of love that we can see in the businesses that you cultivate. And I remember in your memoir, you were talking about how you were a little bit disappointed about your mus musical ambitions. Your rap groups <laughs> didn't work out, but you know you have this music label now, and you have you know you your rap duos didn't work out, but now you have a show on HBO Max, Rap Shit, two uh, friends who form a rap group, yes. and based on the City Girls, uh, their executive producer, yes. loosely loosely based yes. on the City Girls. Um, so how does that how does that feel for you? Especially, you know, I was just looking um, back at that time where you seemed really disappointed that your musical ambitions weren't weren't working First out. First of all, for the best. <laughs> I know that I was not talented, but there's nothing like you know going to a concert and seeing people just singing along to songs that people just made from scratch. And I, I just love female rappers so much. So I'm definitely living vicariously through this show. Um, you know, I have my hand in the music and, um, but like the, the lead actress's talent is obviously all theirs. And then even to be able to collaborate with um, some of my favorite rappers to, to write the music for the show, to craft the sounds. Like I feel like in some ways I'm, I'm living through them. Let's talk about some female rappers. Let's talk about JT and Carisha. Let's talk about them. What's it like to work with the City Girls? They're just phenomenal. I've been fans of theirs since, I want to say season, right before season three of Insecure came out, I felt like I was introduced to them at the perfect time um, by this music exec. Their mixtape had just come out uh, that day. And they were like, she was like, you ever heard of the City Girls? And I was like, no. She was like, oh look up their look up their uh, mixtape today and I did on the drive back home after I our meeting I was like oh my god this is amazing and it was around the time you know every, before every season during the writing of every season I'm always making a list of songs that either inspire certain scenes um, or like I, I have a muse every season I feel like season one the muse was it was a it was a mix uh, probably Drake but a muse of a bunch of different people. Two was definitely um, SZA. She was like right on time for season two. And I felt like City Girls were the muse for season three. And so um, with, with this particular show, when I was thinking about where I wanted to set it and where I wanted to be, once I decided that it was Miami, I was like, 
I have to hit up the city girls to be a part of this. And, you know, they've been great and supportive. They've given us music. And we had like that first initial meeting where we were kind of picking their brains about what we were going to put in the show, what they thought thought was acceptable, and told them we were going to lean on them for Miami culture. So it's just been such, I'm just happy to be collaborating with them. It's such a fun show. And I think, I mean, it came out at the perfect time right in summertime, but also it just seemed like they're so, I love a good drama, I love to cry, I love to be sad about TV, it's one of my favorite things. (laughs) But, you know, it just felt so good, like it just, it came at this time where we're missing the fun. And even, I was was talking to um, Annie Annie Obi who, directed episode six, which is my favorite episode Yay! of Rap <laughs> Um And the thing that really, like, I teared up watching this episode because you are talking about things in this episode that are a little bit traumatic. You know, there is a traumatic experience, but the way that you talk about it, it's not exploiting that trauma oh, yeah. at all. Like, so it's, you know, it's just, tell me about your philosophy for you know, showcasing black life that sometimes includes trauma um, in a way that just feels like, you know, you can, I always say as a critic, you can tell when a black creator loves their black audience. <laughs> and this is, just, this is just one of those shows. I felt, so, as a black woman, you know, I felt so loved by the show and the oh, way amazing. that you chose to show and, and what you chose not to show in the trauma Thank that happened to that character. Thank you so much. That means a lot because that was a conversation, honestly. And for me, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with, with trauma, obviously. And there's like, it happens, real thing. And we're not shying away from that. But for this in particular, like, yes, I wanted to make a, a, a fun show that felt grounded. But we don't often get to just live in our trauma mm-hmm. and like, let it hold us back in in that way sometimes we all deal with it differently and while things happen where this particular show is concerned and where this particular character was concerned she is the type to just keep it pushing and i don't i think there's an understanding we know what it is you know what happens in that episode you know what happens to her i i don't need to see her live through that and i think for me I always rely on that understanding that we have, you know, that we have as black audiences is like, oh, I don't need to to see that person go through that to understand what they went through. And I think that's the advantage of creating for black audiences is like, oh, we know we understand the language. And interestingly enough, you know, in the development process, there were questions about like, well, what happened? Are we sure we don't want to see this? And it's like, no, 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 no. We, we got it. We don't need that. We don't need that. There's plenty of other shows that will do that and we'll do it gracefully. Um, but for it's just not for me uh, at the you know for this show. I I really love that, and I see that too. Not just in your scripted shows, but also on your reality show, The Sweet Life, Los Angeles. I mean, because these are real people. Yeah. I feel like too. I mean, I think at the end of season one, the reunion episode, Thailand and Cheryl kind of get into it at the end, and there's just this moment where they're pulled to the side, and they're asked to you know talk to each other and just come to a place of understanding and love. They hug at the end. And I, it really, it didn't feel like we're concerned about, you know, how these people are being portrayed. It felt like these are two human beings who are very upset and I wanna make sure that they're okay. And that was just so beautiful, so beautiful to see. I think that it's just the undercurrent of 
everything that you do, like I just, I, I feel the love and I, I really appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. And I, I also just have to shout out the Sweet Life cast because they're putting their lives on camera for everyone to see. You know, I have so much love for them and I am genuinely rooting for them. People have a lot to say online. Um, and you know, they know they're on TV. That's, that's it at the end of the day. But um, you know, they're, they're just great people and they, I, 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 I root for them. Well, we're rooting for them too. And Thailand is the it girl. Like we're, we're doing a whole profile on Exo Nicole Yay! on Thailand. Yes, she, she's she's that girl. Let's go. <laughs> um, so let's switch gears a little bit and talk about self care for you. Um, so you mentioned earlier about you know the things that you say no to, um, and because you're so community oh, oriented, I feel like you were even sharing in your memoir about how you know your father and his Senegalese culture is let everybody in, Just stay with you yes. as long as they want to, and you know so much of your business ventures are about community and and working with the same people that you've been working with forever. You know, so how do you set boundaries while also being community oriented? I think I set boundaries pretty well you know if i'm drinking not so much but like generally i'm i'm very much like oh I, i'm busy and that's i'm actually for real busy like many of us are but like that also helps there's certain things that i just can't take on so as much as i may want to help you or w want to you know take time out of my schedule sometimes i just can't and and that's a relief to me where it's just like I have to tell myself, like, you have the intentions to help this person. It doesn't make you a bad person because your schedule is booked and you don't have the energy to do that. And so when, I, when I'm real with myself, it's so easy to just be like, oh, I can't do it. I'm sorry. But I can also recommend you to this person. I can, I'm great for a recommendation or to reach out to someone I know who's in a, a position where they can help just to be like, hey, can you just do me this favor? I can't take this on. Do you mind meeting with this person? And, you know, then it's up to them to decide if they have boundaries uh, or if they're just, if they want to be open and, and help out. But for me, I love saying no. I do. I love that for you. Um, so you mentioned last year that you were feeling a little bit of regret that you had worked all the way up into your wedding. And so I'm wondering if there were any lessons you learned from that. <laughs> have, you, have you made any changes in, uh, in your work life balance as a result of that i've definitely made changes um yeah the lesson is just i'll i'll never do that again but i'll also never really have that opportunity to do that again so it is what it is um but the lessons I, i've just been really intentional about you know making sure that i have at least one day a week uh, of the week to myself and a day to procrastinate which is always like a half work half just i'm not writing today day um and like that's been really great just about like knowing what my schedule is going to be you know being able to you know talk to my assistant and be like i want to try to keep these days clear um and sticking to that for the most part but i've just this year has been such a great this year has been such a great time to like just reflect and um and take time off and travel in in the best way and I, I realize that I've been missing this. So I'm also gonna be more intentional about like, you know, carving out times for myself. I love that. So you had mentioned that keeping your relationship private felt like self-care to you. So can you share what makes you feel loved? Like how do you know I'm being loved well? Um, I was just thinking about this and it comes in the form of just 
it comes in the form of community, but also just support. Like, uh, I've looked up my love languages, and I don't even know why I brought that up, because I don't remember <laughs> what my love language, my top ones are. Mm-hmm. I know physical sex is one, and I, I don't know. But I realized, like, in my, in my relationships, generally, friendships, fam, familial, um, like, I love knowing that I have, like, a shoulder to lean on. I love people taking my mind off of stuff. I love a good hug, you know, and I think for me it's just about being able to to just lose myself in someone and be my full self with someone, and that makes me feel loved. Like, I just love that I can just be whoever I am around you and you, you accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that, you know, that's been a through line in every single successful type of relationship that I've had. I love that. So this is really a full circle moment for me because um, in August 2011, I interviewed you for the first time. Wow. <laughs> it was for Awkward Black Girl, and I had a personal blog back then, and that's how I you know, launched my career. Was, what was it called? It was called dcdistrictdiva.com. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, and I went from that to Ebony and then, you That's know, launched crazy. my That's crazy. I remember career. that. That is crazy. <laughs> yes. So I had asked you um, in that interview uh, what you hoped your legacy would be. So I just want to read to oh, you shit. what your answer was. You said that people will think of me as someone who made it happen for herself, that I challenged what was, that I inspired people to believe that you can create your own stories and your own characters. The only one stopping you is you, so just do it, Nike. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? First of all, girl, you had six months into ABG, so that's that's crazy. I mean, it's true. But you did it. <laughs> you fulfilled. You fulfilled that that's, legacy. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for reading that. Yeah. I, I can't believe that. And you know, thanks for interviewing me all the way that long time ago oh i was on the fly guys the f word like all of your <sighs> websites. i was a super super fan so it was a really big deal to interview back then it's a super big deal to interview you right now Thank i'm just you. really really honored to have watched your journey um it's been amazing and so i just wanted to end um on the fact that you came in under shonda rhymes um she was one of your mentors for sure and at that time, she owned Thursday nights. Yes. On ABC. Now you own Thursday That's nights. Not, 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 I was like, I would never be blind to listen that way. No. Well, you have rap shit. You have the Sweet Life Los Angeles streaming um, on Thursday nights. You have um, Insecure still streaming. Um, you have as executive producer a Black Lady Sketch Show. So four shows on HBO Max. Um, super huge deal. You are nominated once again for the Emmys. Um, so we're super excited and of course rooting for you and everybody black for that <laughs> um, as well. You have so many things that you have accomplished and achieved. Is there anything that you still feel like you're reaching for? Is there something that you hope to achieve? So much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I haven't for me, I've, I've created two shows and that's it. So like I want obviously more in the television space and I want to be able to like you know have my movies and um, just really see what else I can do honestly like see what other stories that I have to tell in addition to you know 
the, the the slate that we're producing. But for me, it's just constantly about challenging myself and seeing what I have to say and what I have to offer. Um, and then just outside of television and film, there's so many different things that I want to tackle that I'm still finding my footing uh, in. So a lot. But yes, I have to reiterate that Shauna Land was a game changer, like in terms of those Thursday nights were epic and they inspired so many of us. The fact that she had like two top shows and us just in the palm of her hand with top talent was just phenomenal. So I still strive. I'm chasing after Shonda. Well, you're, you're going to get it. I mean, we're so excited um, to see everything that you have coming. I'm so happy to support. And whenever you decide to share whatever other things that you have going on outside of TV and film, we'll be right there rooting for you. Thank as well. you so, so much. I believe you. And I really, really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate you. It's a beautiful experience just to thank you. Thank share you, with you so much. And thank you for having me again. Of course. I'm Issa Rae, and this is EXO Nicole. She comes first. That was an absolutely amazing episode with Issa Rae. We are so grateful that she stopped by and dropped those gems on us. I know what I'm taking away from this episode. The power of saying no, the beauty in setting boundaries and standing in your truth. I love that. I love her. I'm so, so, so happy that she had an opportunity to stop by today. Special thank you to European Wax Center for sponsoring She Comes First and reminding us that soul care is self-care. If you haven't already, make waxing a part of your daily routine and find a location near you. If this is your first time going to European Wax Center, your first visit is free. So find out more at europeanwax.com and follow them at European Wax on Instagram. Thank you so much and find some time this week to prioritize yourself. And remember that she always comes first. See you next time.